you're not there to mess around, our job can be taken from us at any day. Something happens, we have to be on the ball 100% of the time. The reason that we got these properties is because they couldn't do it in-house well enough. If we're just as good as them, meaning as bad as they were doing it, you won't have a job anymore. I won't have you know a job anymore of doing their properties. So when you go into a property, I need to get production out of them. Hey, this is how we do it with certain systems, how we move through it a little bit faster, we communicate a little bit better. Not only that, you have to be as a boss on their butt. You have to be falling behind them. Nearly all the guests I've had on the podcast so far work primarily with residential clients. They focus on business directly with the homeowner, taking very little from the commercial side of things, be it general contractors or property managers. So I wanted to get some insight from someone that deals nearly exclusively with commercial clients. So I bring on Jeff Juknowitz of Garden Solutions. We'll hear all about how he finds clients, the commercial clients, what it's like working with them and selling to them. Here we go. Jeff, welcome to the Home Pro Success Show. Hey, how you doing, Corey? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? It's hot down in Southwest Florida. I know that you know that too. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm a big runner and I have to say over this last like month or two, as the weather's gotten into 90 degrees, my time is like dropping with a fly. I, I follow my time really hard. And you know, when it's 70, I'm going really quick out there. When I'm running in this 90 degree weather, I'm slowing down. And I can imagine that's slowing you guys down too. I know it's slowing my guys down at GCA. We operate in the same area. Actually, Jeff and I are both local here. We operate in the same Southwest Florida area. The heat slows us down naturally. Slowing you guys down with productivity in the summer? Yeah. You know, we try to make the easiest time our summertime. So we kind of set it up. Each month we have to do a different service on a property. And so our hardest months are all behind us. Our easiest ones are in front of us. And sometimes I, I just kind of tell my guys on Friday, hey, take an hour lunch, you know, take a, take a little bit longer lunch and just kind of relax, replenish and, you know, get ready for the next week because next week's going to be hard again. Yeah, I've already got some questions for you based on what you just said there. But first, we need to know what you do. So tell our listeners about your business. We do pest control fertilization. So in Florida, probably California too, probably Texas, lawns are a big deal. Lawns are a big deal in Southwest Florida. Naples is very wealthy. You have a lot of lush grass around, some not so lush, and that's where I come in. We need to get it lush, get it looking good. My whole life I've been in, in this business, and it's not the most profitable, but it is definitely, it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun. All right. So, you know, I'm hearing you on this. Are you guys doing like interior bug sprays, exterior bug sprays? No. Fertilizer on the lawn, man. Whatever we could do to get your lawn looking nice, whatever we could do to get your plants looking nice, your palms looking nice interior bugs i do have a license for it i'm not trying to sell it right now i'll capture that audience maybe in a year or two when i find a good right hand man to run that with me so you're, you're focused on lawn and gardens and making lawn the garden. plants look lush and in tip-top health yeah. which makes them look lush subsequently exactly it's all about down here if you go through our medians in naples they are all green they're all beautiful if there's flowers they're blooming it's just yeah. the culture here is to have beautiful lush landscapes and if you don't it's not good we have an hoa you know the hoas you can't get by them without having that yeah yeah certainly the deed restrictions and all these communities you know keep you on the up and up now do you guys just do well you just do the exteriors so you'll work on any type of plants or grass plants grass you name it man so any 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 type of basically the garden just keeping the exterior garden lush Anything landscape oriented that if you added it into your to your property, we'll take care of it. Okay. And it's organic, I guess. It's a plant that grows. 
It's a plant that grows, exactly. And it's already, it's always native here, usually. It's sometimes not native, but, you know, you have to understand, have the knowledge about these plants that, you know, hey, I've got this product for this, this product for this, and then you have to train guys on this, which I can get into funny stuff for, but it's uh, a little inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they have to be good at plants. <laughs> they have to at least be interested in plants. They have to be interested in plants, but not so interested that they don't get their work done. Okay. So... Well, how many guys you got? You know, how large is your operation? 14 right now. 14. 14 people. Yeah. And how long have you owned the company? It's been a year and a half since I owned it. However, I ran it for about five and a half years. And then I bought the owner out a year and a half ago. And But when, it, when I ran it, it was just me and another guy. And so since I've gotten it under my... So it was just basically the owner trying to... Well, I don't want to say trying to, but the owner was you know, just kind of a figurehead overseer, kind of manager sales guy, and then you and another guy tackling the work? Exactly. I was more the sales guy. I actually managed everything down here. He was in another area and he had a successful company in another area and we were trying to bring it to a different part of Florida. Gotcha. Okay. So, so this was like a second location for him. Yeah, it was a satellite branch. And so I just made him an offer. He took it and I said, all right, let's do it. And then from there, I just Whatever I could do to get business, I did. Was there anything coming up that, you know, led up to the offer? I mean, was this something that, did, did you just come out one day and say, I want to, you know, I, I want to just buy this out or did he approach you? How did that come up? Because that's, I mean, that's kind of an awkward thing to pull up in any relationship. Like, hey, I want to buy you out. I want to own your company, you know? When I first made the move down here, I made the move from his company to down here to start his company down here. Okay, so you were specifically, that was your role was to be the actual manager of this new location. Exactly. And I had the goal and he had the goal to one day not, he didn't want this down here anymore and he wanted to sell it to me and I wanted to build it up so I could buy it from him. And obviously, you know, more people would be like, oh man, don't build it up too big so you don't pay a lot for it. That wasn't my theory at all. I wanted to get the market was so prime in 2012, 2013, 2011. I think it was 2013. In 2013, that I knew that this place is growing. It's going to get big over the next 10 or 15 years. I need to hit the ground running right now so I could capture whatever I could capture now. And now, five years later, I've captured. So you've captured it. And based on what you've said there and kind of the way you said we've captured market share and you're talking about HOAs earlier, I'm guessing that a large chunk of your clients are commercial clients. Yeah, a large chunk are commercial clients. Well, I, yeah. So, I mean, I guess commercial clients can be a broad term. Well, how many are commercial clients and who actually hires you? Who actually signs the check to you? The end user does not sign the check to us. Who it is, is we go, we are often subcontracted out for anything commercial work. We're almost always subcontracted out for residential work. We're generally, you know, contracted by the end user, the end, the end client, the end customer. Yeah. So you're working with directly with the homeowner in that case. Exactly. And we have landscape maintenance guys. And what they do is they, if you're a lawn guy, you go around, you look at other people's lawns, you know, who did, who does a good job and who doesn't. So when we go down a lawn, we know that our lawn has to look the best because anyone can look at this. Not only the homeowners, not only the property managers, but the landscape people who do the work. And so I fielded a phone call from a, a very large one probably about a year ago now, and maybe more than a year ago, but a year and a half ago. And they gave me one, and then they gave me another, and then they gave me another, and then they gave me six, and then they gave me eight, and then they gave me 10. And all of a sudden I have 30 accounts 
large communities, you know, 400 home communities, 300 home communities, 1,100 home communities, and they subcontract us out onto their property to do the bad, the part that no one wants to do, lay out the fertilizer, take all the liability from possible staining. And I found a niche there where it's not the most profitable, but I told you before we started, I'm at 150,000 recurring monthly revenue. And off of that, you can really start to build your company in some different ways is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get more residentials, trying to diversify. How am I targeting property managers? How am I targeting lawn guys? How am I targeting homeowners? And what services am I offering? And what can I offer more? So let's just go back a minute here. The company that you know you had worked for and actually bought out for you know this next location at their other branches what are they primarily targeting they're 50 50 and that's where i want to be i want to be 50 50. so 50 50 50 50 or 50 homeowners 50 other commercial accounts no homes to homes so say he has 300 homes individual homeowners and then he has a community of 300 homes and so that's what we mean by 50 50. he's oh wow per home he has 25,000 homes total so really it's 12,500 individual homeowners 12,500 community homes and communities 12,500 homes and communities with among them how many managers or you know accounts that you're actually billing at that maybe 10 so for those he's probably for the large commercial ones he's probably dealing with about 10 to 12 lawn guys landscape companies for so that. landscape so the the associations actually contract this to a landscape company who subs it again to you. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now do you guys do anything like, are are you just working on the actual lawns or are you working on any of the common areas of these communities? Common areas, everything, common areas, clubhouses, lawns of the communities, making sure that everyone's happy that when you come into this community, you want to buy a home in this community. Our job is just as much sales as the guy that's standing in the home trying to sell it. Because what, as one of the builders always told me, green means green. If the grass is green, the home's going to sell. And it's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. Like that. If the grass is green, the home is going to sell. Always, always. And it, they are sticklers on it, especially the large builders, because they know that green means green. If it's green, they're going to get some green. Yeah. And that's what they want. So how many competitors do you have in this space? We have one competitor that does communities also. So we have one other competitor that does it on a grand scale like us. That's about the same size. There's some guys that are trying to break in, but they, you have to have the funds for it. You can't, if you're growing, you can't make money. And a lot of these guys, if you're one truck, two trucks trying to get a community, guess what? You're going to have to do that community for $20 a month per home. You can't make a profit on it. You're better off just doing residentials and not even thinking about it. So there's only us and another company that really does communities down here. And then a third silent competitor is all-in-one companies, companies that do everything, even though I've transitioned plenty of all-in-one companies to us because they're able to make the same amount of profit and we do it more effective than them. We have the systems in place to do it. Yeah, they're they're subcontracting out to a specialist in this kind of niche where they don't have the they don't have the resources or proper infrastructure. So let's let's kind of transition here. I mean, you know, we we got a good understanding of what you do here in your company. Let's talk about the operations. I mean, well, number one, do you want? Well, you you said you wanted to be about fifty fifty, you know, residential and then these actual commercial accounts. Which one would you prefer to work with? 
residentials because when you lose a residential, it's okay. When you lose a commercial, you know, a big 300 home community, 400 home community, you know, it's sorry, Jesse, I have to let you go. You know, I'm going to have to let you go. And I don't want to have to be put in the position where we weren't able to keep a contract and I have to then let a guy go because of this. Instead, if it's one home that I lose, hey, don't worry, man, you know, we're going to remarket to them. We're going to try to get them back and we're going to move forward and pick up another one. Yeah. So, I mean, so with all these commercial clients, you've essentially got all your eggs in one basket. You yeah. have more eggs in a basket. It's very scary. To, to, yeah. to, it's, it's a lot of eggs. The good news is, is that I'm coming into it pretty fully funded. I don't have debt to anyone. Well, we make the most. I'm not smart. I'm resourceful. Our trucks are not new, but they're not old. You know, 2012s, 2014s, 2006s. But guess what? They look great. They're clean. They're nice. They look updated. And if I have to drop a new engine in one, I drop a new engine in one. I don't just go out and buy a new one, get a get one, and then have a $1,000 payment per month on it. I have no payments on my trucks. The only people that I owe money to are my suppliers that give me product. And that's it. Props on that, man. I take the I take the exact same approach to it. Do you? I didn't even yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, uh, we buy, we'll generally buy when we're getting new trucks. We'll take off-lease trucks. So you can usually get them from like U-Haul. I mean, you don't buy them from them. They're you know where they came from at the source, you buy them through regular dealers, but you know that they were a U-Haul truck or Lowe's truck or something like that. And they have pretty low miles on them. So we don't buy them brand new. And, you know, we take as good a care of them as we can and do run them, you know, all the way down. But yet it's a powerful feeling kind of being in there with no debt, you know, being in the business. I will say that's a pretty powerful feeling. Yeah. Other people in this industry all have a lot of people, new trucks, you know, that's kind of their MO, even all the big companies. It's all about getting new trucks. And where we buy our trucks is from the large national competitors, you know, hey, we'll take it. Okay, your truck's, you know, seven years old with 130,000 miles. We'll take it. Thank you. Fix it up. Get it going. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's go back here to the commercial clients. I'm really interested in that and how you work with them. You've got a lot of eggs in one basket on that topic or in that kind of market. So you got a, you know, a whole, I mean, you have employees, I guess, that don't leave one community. Is that the case? I mean, if you know, they take up a substantial enough portion of your revenue that you have to allocate employees to them, essentially is what you said, because you might have to cut someone, you know, if one of these guys goes. So so tell me about that, man. That, that kind of puts you in a pickle. How do you balance the fine lines? I mean, what are some problems you see that, you know, come up in this scenario that people in the residential space like myself don't have to worry about? Yeah. When I tell, when I have to talk to my guys, I tell them, hey, you're mercenaries. You're not there to mess around. Our job can be taken from us at any day. Something happens. We have to be on the ball 100% of the time. The reason that we got these properties is because they couldn't do it in-house well enough. If we're just as good as them, meaning as bad as they were doing it, you won't have a job anymore. I won't have you know, a job anymore of doing their properties. So when you go onto a property, I need to get production out of them. Hey, this is how we do it with certain systems of how we move through it a little bit faster. We communicate a little bit better. Not only that, you have to be as a boss on their butt. You have to be falling behind them, monitoring where they're going, tracking what they did. You have to make sure that they keep up with that pace every day. Some days it's hot. I know some days I'll give them some pizza on Friday, give them some drinks on Friday, but overall it's not, uh, it's something that uh, your eggs are in one basket and it's, you have to be on the ball. If you're not on the ball, you're going to get, you're going to get off the ball. You're going to get off the ball. I mean, have you ever had to have, I'm sure I shouldn't ask, have you ever had to, but I'm sure you've had to have a chat, 
you know, with what would be one of these property managers or whoever's hiring you guys. Yeah. All about your performance. Oh yeah. Yeah. And how, how that happens is when you're dealing with a large company or a people that don't put up with anything for us, maybe it's a $200,000 contract, but for the landscaper, it's a, it's a, a million dollar contract. And for the property manager, you know, to manage that and the property management group that does that, that community is also in with these other communities. So if they lose this one, this one doesn't look good. They don't do a good job. So everything balances on how the property looks, which comes to a pinpoint right where you are. <laughs> so you have to be quick to change. So what you're saying is if, you know, like, let's just say you're in one community and the president of that community is giving negative feedback about the greenness of the grass that you're working on to the property manager or landscape company that's, you know, outsourcing to you, if they're getting feedback from that president or whoever decision maker that ultimately, you know, decides who's on the community and if you're up to par, if they're getting bad feedback. What you're saying is that's going to resonate through to every other community that they're hiring you for. You know what I mean? That puts that puts you at risk. Well, I mean, that also ultimately leverages up your risk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, my, my industry is full of risk, which is why there's only two competitors that actually do it or, you know, one competitor generally. Yeah. You have to be quick to change and you have to be quick to change your systems. If they say, hey, you didn't communicate that about this to us. All right. Well, I need to figure out a way of not saying, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't communicate. That's, that's my fault this time. I'll, I'll get it next time. No, I have to go with them. Hey, this is what happened. This is what we did to change that going forward, this is how it's going to work. And you're going to receive this every Monday or Tuesday or whenever we're on a property, you're going to get a written report out and it's going to go right to you. And we're going to do a confirmation that you got it. So you have to be quick to change all your systems. And I think that's big. I think a lot of people discount criticism and I don't know if it's humility, but you have to have the humility to deal with criticism and you have to have the adaptability to change with it. And you have to, you have to change because times are changing. People want pictures. People want timestamp pictures. Yeah. Times are changing ever so quickly. What was, what was the last criticism you got? The last criticism we got was we had a large amount of miscommunication among our, one of our teams in a community. The miscommunication was we did not fertilize it well or correctly. We had a we had to go back and fertilize it all. And so they call you up. Hey, you got to come out here and see this. It looks like a zebra, you know, just lines of fertilizer and then big. Yellow. Right, so they weren't spreading it evenly. They weren't spreading it evenly. So I had to say, okay, what am I going to do about this? I'm going to grab the guy. And what I told him was, look, I'm going to add on for you. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. I'm going to give you a monthly bonus. If you do a good job, if you do a good job, it's a grade out of a hundred. If you get a 90, you're going to get, you're going to 90 bucks. And I need you to whip together these other guys and make sure that they do it correctly. I don't need your eyes on, you know, you know, doing your own job. I need your eyes on them doing their jobs. So but I had to talk with him and I went to the landscapers and the property managers. Hey, this is what we've changed. We've changed the way that we're going to start your property. We're going to start your property only on slow machines. We're going to make sure it's perfect. We're going to move a little bit slower, but we're going to do a perfect job. We're going to keep you updated every step of the way. And if, and not only that, we're going to check back in one week to make sure that it went down right. 
If we see that it didn't, we're going to fix it before you guys see it. And that's all they want. They don't want to hear about it. If they have to hear about it, that's time, that's money, and they don't want to have that headache at all. I mean, what, what you just outlined there, I mean, is really pretty standard, I don't want to say customer service, but kind of operational management across the board. Like, hey, if there is a problem, here's what we did to fix it, and here's what we did to, you know, or here's what we're going to do to prevent it in the future, and let's move on. That's really all you can do. And it sounds like in your case, you're probably being kind of short about it, giving them the abbreviation points of that because they've got, you know, their own, they've got their own whatever to do that day besides listen to you. You know, whereas with residential customers, you know, they're probably going to want to talk your ear off about it for the next hour or two. You know, we have that. I mean, it can almost be difficult to escape. Why does can't believe this happened? (laughs) And why don't you take a look at what we got over there? You know, (laughs) yeah, while you're out here, what do you think about this? You know, so you you get all that with residential clients, your commercial clients basically just want to know that you have some, you know, solution and be done with you. Exactly. Yeah. Do these guys have contracts with you or is this just purely month to month? They have contracts, but contracts can be canceled with 30 days notice. The contracts are ongoing indefinitely until we get canceled. Until they provide a 30 day cancellation. Exactly. Yeah. So there's no three year contract. There's no five year contract. But the long the landscapers generally have a five year contract, three year contract attached to them. It's just not that way with us. We're just always on on 30 days. So you're always on 30 days. So oh man, it's a high risk, man. <laughs> all right. So now how do you get these accounts? Let's talk about that. It's tough. You have to, first of all, show that you can do it. Let's, do you want to talk about commercial or residential? Let's go commercial. Yeah. All right. There's only so many accounts that you could get in Southwest Florida. There's communities. Well, I think you got a pretty good market there. I know there's over 200 golf courses in Lee and Collier County combined. Yeah, but it's, it's a finite amount. And not only, not only that, there's a finite amount of property managers, there's a finite amount of lawn care companies. So what I generally do is, for instance, the other day, I'm driving into one of the communities that we're doing, and it, you come down this long road and there's other communities attached, but we do the medians on the whole long road. So I have to ask, who hires you for this median on the road that, that accesses all the communities? Is this a private road or is this you know, a local government? It's a private road from from that community that it's it was built at the end and they maintain all the medians and then there's other communities in there. So okay. I have to make sure that my median is looking tip top. So as I'm driving down the road, I see a guy with a nice black jacked up truck. And you know what that means in Southwest Florida. He owns something. So I, I got out and I said, hey, what are you doing? He's messing with some sprinklers. And I just said, hey. If you ever if you ever need anything for a guy that wants to, you know, spraying pest control for your for your community that you have there, this is what we do. We do that community down the road if you want to take a drive. He says, Yeah, absolutely. We go for a drive through there. He says, Man, this looks great. And I said, Come to my shop, you know. So bring him to my shop, show him around my shop. I want him to know that I have enough manpower. And so it's not and I and I tell him while he's there, I don't want to pick it up tomorrow. I don't want to pick it up in three months. I want you to give it to me in October or January or April. Those are your times when you can come in with us. That's when I'll be able to deal with you because I need to have, he needs to be on my page just as much as I'm on his page together because I choose them as much as they choose me. You have to choose people that can pay, you know, that have, have the, uh, you don't have bad rumors about you. You know, so some companies out there, you, just, you know, there's rumors that they don't pay their suppliers. Yeah, so you guys are just, well, you are strategically not working with companies that have a bad reputation. Exactly. And me knowing I know a lot of the chemical suppliers 
in, on this whole coast. I know who doesn't, who does, and who were the problem trials. And that's, you have to avoid them at all costs. And so generally it's personal relationships, long-term relationships that you want to build. And you also want to show value and look at how my community looks. Let's go back to your community and see how that looks. This is what I would do to change it. Who are you using right now? All right, well, this is the different products that we use compared to them. You know, let's let's work something out, but not now, you know, and then I'll, I'll, I follow up every week or two, just say, hey, hey, what's going on, man? You know, I was just driving through your community. I saw your, your palm trees have manganese and they're like a manganese deficiency. And they'll be like, oh, you're through manganese? Which houses? It's these houses right here. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. And, it, and to them, this is saying, wow, this guy, this guy's already doing the job. He's not even on it yet. And <laughs> it's no big deal because his community is right next to another community that I just did the same notes on. So I just part of my schedule and it ends up working because it's not about that quick close on these things. So, so you're literally out there. I mean, this is kind of like guerrilla marketing, trying to sneak your sneak attack your way into personal relationships. I have to know what I have a list. I have a large list of every lawn care landscape company in Naples and Fort Myers and Cape Coral, the Estero, every area. I have the owner's name. I have the company cell, the company phone, the owner's cell phone and the company email and the owner's email. If I could find it, I have a long list. Gosh, I think it's about 400 to 500. And you know, I just keep a lookout for them often. Sometimes they just show up on people you may know on Facebook. And so I can kind of look at their profile sometimes and, you know, kind of see what they are. And then, you know, hey, someone, you know, being that the lawn industry is so, so close together, you know, you got five mutuals with them. It's like, heck, I'll just, I'll just add them. And then some, I'm not, I'm not much for posting a lot on my personal Facebook page, but maybe once a month, I'll just post a little picture of like some community and like tag the my Facebook page in it. And just, I'll talk to you about this just yesterday. I talked to a guy last year and I said, Hey, I could do lawns for you. And just yet, and I added them about maybe three months ago. I posted like three things since then about the company. And he says, Hey, I've got problems on the pest control fertilizer side. I've seen the pictures that you're putting out on friends of you on Facebook. And, you know, let's get started. He sent me over four estimates just yesterday. I got them to him last night. Wow. Are those four now those communities, large estimates, or are those just residential homes? Those are residentials, but this guy yeah. has a lot of residentials. So, so you're targeting, I mean, you've actively made a list of people that you want to target that, you know, subsequently outsource these accounts, and you're trying to make that personal connection with them. When you think about your lawn as a homeowner, you don't think, oh man, who's going to do my fertilizer? Yeah, that, well, that was going to be my next question. You know, do your marketing targets here, do they know what your company does, or is this the first time they've heard of a company like yours? Have they thought about this? Do they realize they have a need for this or not? If I talk, if, if you target homeowners, they generally, I would say it's probably 70, 30, 70% of them know that they need it. 30% have no idea what it is, but their lawn company just does it. And lawn companies, every lawn company knows about it, like a hundred percent. Okay. So, so, you know, like the guy, you know, when you see the guy on the side of the road messing with the sprinkler. Oh, he's already got like, one company. He's already got a pest control guy in his community doing it. And I'm just looking at it and I'm saying, you need a fertilizer. Hey, it doesn't look good. You know, we can do better. And you're saying, hey, look, we're the, we're the real deal operation here. I'm not, you know, chucking a truck. I'm not a monkey. Exactly. That's my office. You know, here's, here's my facility. I've got, I don't know how many trucks you got. I think you have about eight trucks right now. Eight trucks. Eight trucks. You know, here's okay, these well. four big machines that could roll through your whole community. I could probably have your community done in three days here. 
oh, you got another community? Let's go check that out. I checked that one out with him two days ago. We did a whole drive through. It's going be about four days in this community. So we've got now seven days of work, you know, if I pick this guy up and, you know, I've got all the machines, I've got all the trucks for it, I've got no problems. So, and he knows I can handle it. So, so it's really just what you're doing here is a matter of relationship marketing and ultimately selling to them when they have the need and staying in touch with them. And I mean, do you guys have anything that you do strategically to kind of foster relationships? I mean, or is it just like you were just so ingrained with what they're doing and there's constant back and forth. They just never forget who you are. They never forget who I am. I, I have a, I, I have ADHD really badly. And so yeah. when I'm driving down the road. You're like, I forget who they are before they forget who I am. I forget who they are. And then I drive by the community. I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so's community. Man, let me turn in here. Okay, turn in, boom, make my notes. Hey, this is what's going on over here. And they're just looking at me like, wow, man, this guy, like, he's on top of it. And I'm sitting there, you know, oblivious in my day because I'm under, I'm under five different things in my head. And then all of a sudden something clicks and my hippocampal complex comes in. I remember what I need to do. Boom, I do it. Then I keep on going and I let it rest. And I, I don't berate. I don't try to go after them like, hey, man, you need my service, man. Come on. Come over here, man. Come on. Come on. Who your lungs look like. We don't want to do is tell them that the lungs look like crap because everyone thinks that they do a good job. You just want to show them that you can do a better job. Exactly. I like that. That's so key right there. You know, I don't want to put down the competitors or their own work. Show them what you can do better. That should win them. Let's shift gears a little bit here, a lot of bit, and go into talking about residential clients. How will that affect your operation if you get a bunch more residential clients? Because I mean, I'm guessing you guys kind of camp out in a community for a few days each week and then, you know, your crews alternate. Talk about that. I mean, what's your operation look like? You know, when when you get a bunch of residential clients, are you going to have to shift to more of like a pool route type of operation? Yeah, it's almost as if they're two different companies that I've run with the residential and the commercial. I have specific trucks that are just for my residential accounts. I have specific, specific guys that are just residential technicians. That's all they do all day. They have their own route. And they have their own systems that go into place also. It's completely different systems from the commercial. My residential routes, I give them a tablet. They take timestamp pictures. They keep files. They take notes. And they keep that all on there. And I just have to go into Google Photos, you know, go through Google Sheets. I scroll through. I can see everything that was done. And then I could go on to, to Zuby, which is a GPS system. I could confirm that they were there. As for my commercial guys, I know where they're at every day. I know they're doing their job. The residential is almost like I'm giving, say, for instance, my, my main guy, Lewis, Lewis been with me for five years. I'm giving Lewis his own company. I'm just doing all the book work on it. I'm doing, you know, the marketing on it. I'm doing the sales on it. He's doing the work. So he gets a percentage of what that route is. Now, he doesn't get that percentage per se. He gets paid per hour. But in, from the book side of it, he gets that percentage. And it's the large majority of the percentage of, of profit from that route goes directly to him. So okay. my goal not is quite, more of those. Go back and explain that again. I'm not quite following that. How does his, uh, his, so his, you're saying he's hourly? Yeah, he's hourly, but his route per month right now is $16,000 per month. So if, if that goes up, I tell him if that goes up, it, there, it's, it's a set amount. But if I could give you more, I could pay you more. That's how it is. And what generally I'm doing is if I go out and I estimate the account, some accounts I've accidentally estimated too low. I think we've all been there. <laughs> and then some accounts I really, you know, jack up because, you know, it's there's certain things about the account that you have to make it higher. It is what it is. And the more that he has better paying accounts, the more he gets paid. 
off of that. So if he if his route all of a sudden it builds up in two months and it's at eighteen thousand dollars, hey, I'm gonna give you a raise. You know, continue to keep your quality up. Gotcha. So he gets raises, you know, based on the volume that's in his account or not in his account, but in his route. And let me not misspeak. He gets raises on that. However, I give him a large bonus every month to compensate for if he does more or less. So he gets a production bonus on that, um, which is around $400. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now you said like he's running it on his own. Is he making the routes or is this stuff all coming through your own system? Basically, I give him the sheet of what it is, Google Sheets. Hey, these are all the accounts that you need to get through this month. And he just logs in when he was there. He does the work, gets me a picture of it, and that's it. If I get a phone call on it, I put it on the service call list. Hey, we got the service call for this one. He gets over to it. There's no scheduling. So what does he log into? It's, he logs into Google Sheets. Okay, so you're doing, doing this all through Google Sheets. And he's got all the addresses and, I mean... Just doing the math, I mean, on what I know that your services run, I'm probably figuring 50 to 100 bucks a yard. He's got 16,000 in revenue on that. So it's roughly 160 addresses to hit, yeah. maybe more. We don't need the exact number, but how does he, does he have a way of figuring this out? Are you helping him with this? Like which order he's going in and anything, you know, along those lines? Generally not, man. We are so. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. We have different grasses that we have to take care of. Different grasses require different things. Uh, for instance, I'll give you a, an example. It's kind of boring, but not really too much. Early January or late January got very hot, 88 degrees in, in late January. We had to stop what we were doing. We had to go service all of our zoysia, which is a type of grass accounts within one week. We had to finish them and be done. So I just kind of gave him direction. Hey, you need to go here, you know, finish all your zoysias. So he knows which ones are zoysias. He goes and hits them. I get pictures of them. I know that it's done, but there's no scheduling, for instance. So if you were a homeowner, you're like, hey, when's Lewis going to be out next? And it's like, uh, you know, I don't really know. Let me look at when he was last there and then I'll just add four weeks onto that and I'll tell you he'll be out then. And then I'll just tell Lewis, hey, just make sure you get out to that lady that day. Yeah. So most people don't want to deal with their lawn. It's, it's just something that they have to do and they don't really want to hear about it too much, you know, so just do the work. Don't mess up and keep on going with your life, you know, <laughs> stay behind the scenes, just do a good job. Like for you, you're doing pool cages, you know, man. I mean, you, you need it. They need to know when you're going to be there. <laughs> it's yeah. Big. Well, so some of our customers are kind of tuned into when we're going to be there. They were waiting for us in your case. Yeah. In you know, our case, it's like, Oh, the guy's spraying the lawn. Cool. All right. I'll stay off for a couple hours. Thank you. Yeah. So they, they, they don't really want to know too much about what, what you guys are up to. And I think that works out pretty well. Have you looked into or thought about doing any type of like route optimization software or anything? I mean, I know that's out there, but we don't really have a need for it in my business. Whereas, you know, actually one of my recent episodes I discussed with Tommy Mello kind of dispatching route optimization. But, you know, as a general rule of thumb in my business, we kind of have service zones and then we kind of keep everything grouped in the specific zones and send everyone out. But we're only dealing with four or five service calls a day, at least in one zone. We're, we're probably dealing with like one service call a day, if that. Well, not so much your service calls, but the actual route and getting through them efficiently and all that. Yeah. Generally, what ends up happening is no matter how hard you try to plan in this industry, something's going to happen somewhere where you're not going to be. And you just have to just be on your toes. Like, okay, generally I'll say, hey, get Marco done first. Marco Island, which is a beautiful island down here. Get Marco Island done first. We have 150 on there. It's going to take you two, you know, two weeks to get through that. You know, focus on that. And then... All of a sudden, I get a call on Wednesday. Hey, we got a problem downtown. Okay, he'll be there tomorrow. Hey, Lewis, you're going to have to go downtown tomorrow. 
go get that and then get the rest of your houses in that area done. We have so many houses and the, it, the, this is the thing. It's not like it's gridded streets and you know, you can just, you gotta go like this through each grid. We have downtown, we have Marco, we have Bonita, we have out East Naples and we have West Naples and then we have West Bonita. And so there's only sections of where homes are. It's really, once you're in that area or in that community, you just get done what you got in there. So you're not gaining any more efficiency by optimizing it in our area. But I could see if you're in the city, created streets. And, you know, if I, if I was doing a lot of work in Cape Coral, I would definitely have a route. Yeah, so the most of your work is just in one cluster. It's clustered. It's clustered all over. The various so. clusters. All right. On that note, before we wind down, I got one question for you here for, let's just say a residential service contractor like me, I want to screen and close your business. So an exterior contractor, we might consider doing a bunch of work with like a pool company, you know, and they would give us, we'd have an account with them and they would have us build, you know, all of their screen enclosures and stuff. We'd have to do it, you know, pretty well on the fly. What advice would you give to me before I kind of jump in and start working with them. Negotiate down your material cost as much as you possibly can. Whatever you could do to get it lower, whatever you could do to get a discount on it, because you have to hit the numbers that they need you to hit. And my dad always used to tell me this, Jeff, it's not, it's not about, you know, what it's about is making the numbers work and figuring it out on the backside, how you're gonna make that work. But you just need to make sure that they have a number in their head. You need to hit that number and then you need to be resourceful enough. You need to negotiate enough that you're going to be able to, to get that. So if say you have a clump of, hey, I got $2 million work for you. Corey's got to say, do I want that headache? Number one. Number two, let me talk. No. <laughs> yeah. Let me start talking to my suppliers and see how low they could go because I'm, I, I want to pick up this work. And number you need to poke that person's brain. What is your number that you want to be at? And then you need to try to get them up as much off of their number as you can, because you probably can't do it for whatever number that they want it for. You can't do it right. What you don't want to do though, is do a bad job. That's the last, that's the worst thing you could do is Corey goes in there, builds a shoddy pool cage. It collapses. Well, Hey man, I wasn't paid enough. No one's going to listen to that excuse. It's going to be a terrible excuse. And you can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter what the price is, people are always holding you to the highest standard. Exactly. So on both ends there, I mean, what you said, number one, you know, considering the volume, go in and try to negotiate down with your suppliers to get volume pricing or even more volume pricing than you already get. Maybe go direct to the source. In my case, that would be a mill and not a vendor going beyond the vendor, going to the mill. And then also, you know, kind of speak with whoever's kind of got us bidding and well, at that point, salesmanship, show the value and explain why this number needs to come up to get them the formidable outcome that they need. Yeah, exactly. If I was, if it was you, man, and you wanted to, let's just say this for us, at least you wouldn't, you would never take this deal. We, we lose money on, on two properties, two very large properties. We lose money, but guess what? We make it up on these other four. And then some. So that's interesting. So within, I mean, this is one pro, one manager, one subcontractor. I mean, what, what's the official term here? Who do we call these people that are giving you work? Landscape companies. Landscape, landscape companies. companies. So you got one landscape company that's giving you multiple accounts. And you, you're going to just take two of them at a loss just to keep them happy. Just to keep the portfolio. And you have to, because if you don't take that, if you don't take that, they'll say, look, these are the numbers that we got. We're not dealing with much either. 
you can take it also because we've got these other four over here that we're going to make money off of. Just do a good job over there. Just make sure you don't have to go back. And that's all it is. Because if you go back, that's when, when your problems, you know, when you start losing efficiency. Right on. You've reached the end of another episode of the Home Pro Success Podcast. Connect with us and join our collaborative Facebook group at homeprosuccess.com.